this does sound a little bit schizophrenic to talk about this part of your mind as though it's a separate entity but it does help us to understand this powerful force of human motivation if we think of it as an insane and illogical aspect of the mind it helps to think of it as almost a third person because it is capable of making decisions that are entirely detrimental to that of its host the ego will push a person into situations and environments that are entirely harmful purely to get away from a source of pain. Normally, this constitutes any sort of reminder of its own temporary existence. Have you ever been on a diet where food becomes scarce? Now, granted, that's by your own decision. But how much do you crave calorific goodness at that point? This is just another reason why diets generally don't work. Scarcity is a powerful motivator, and research indicates that it doesn't just apply to food. The act of limiting access to a message causes individuals to want to receive it more and to become more favorable to it when they get it. In the case of censorship, this effect occurs when even the message is not being received. Sometimes the most profitable thing that can happen to a movie is when it gets banned. Everyone wants to see it because it's banned, because it's scarce. The scarcity principle is most likely to hold true under two optimizing conditions. One, scarce items are heightened in value when they are newly scarce. We value those things that have become recently restricted more than those that were restricted all along. This was demonstrated en masse in 2011 in the United Kingdom when a rumor circulated by the internet that the petrol tanker drivers were planning to go on strike. In a mass panic, drivers queued for up to four hours at a time at gas stations to fill their tanks. This was despite the government's assurances that there was no shortage, no confirmation of strike action, and actually, at no point, any real shortage of fuel. Two, we are most attracted to scarce resources when we compete against other people to try and get them. It's difficult to steel ourselves cognitively against the scarcity pressures because they have an emotional effect that makes thinking difficult. The power of this one psychological trait should never be underestimated. People operating in a scarcity mindset will ignore all logic and advice in a desperate desire to correct the imbalance and sensation of loss. I will switch from a sales perspective on this to one of relationships to demonstrate to you how strong the law of scarcity can really be. When someone you love dies, how intensely do the sensations of loss feel for that person? Is it not true that you are filled with a myriad of different negative emotions? You wish you could go back and say all the loving words that you now feel, and at the same time you're filled with regret for all the hurtful comments and deeds that you did. You question why you didn't treat them better when you could have done when they were alive. You pray for them to come back so you can appreciate them more. Even if you spent a lifetime arguing and quibbling with the loved one, you can't help but be racked with an aching pain beyond description. The law of scarcity generates this pain. Human beings will always want what is restricted to them. Tell your grumpy teenager that he can't have that new model of phone and he will drive you to despair with demands and insistence that his life is no longer worth living without this particular phone, even if they don't really need it. Think about it. Who really needs to see a movie that has been banned by the census for being too gruesome? You already know the answer to this is nobody really needs to see that movie. But people will crawl over broken glass to get a copy of that movie. If you've ever been dumped by a partner, and who hasn't, 
then you will know firsthand how scarcity feels at this moment. Is it not true that for days and weeks after the love of your life walks away, you can do nothing but pine for them? You spend extended periods of time just looking at old pictures and thinking back to the relationship with rose-tinted glasses on. Your friends try to comfort you with statements such as, Ter loss, or you're better off without him anyway, or you were too good for him anyway. And of course, the ultimate cheer-up line, there are plenty of more fish in the sea. Has that well-intentioned line ever helped anyone get over a love affair? I don't think so. Yes, logically, we know that there are plenty more prospective dates out there, but we don't want them for the very reason that they're out there and freely available to us. We want the one that isn't available anymore, the one that has suddenly become restricted to us. That is the one we want, the only one we want. Girls want diamonds because they're rare and expensive, i.e. ownership is restricted to the wealthy.